This episode discusses topics around mental health that might disturb some listeners. If you are affected, please contact your nearest medical support immediately. For Australian listeners, you can contact Lifeline on 131114. Hello, welcome to another edition of Mind Tuning. My name is Will. And I'm Martina. And this is the podcast where we look at the link between mental health issues and songs that we like. And today we are going to be exploring Leonard Cohen's song Avalanche from the album Songs of Love and Tate. I step into an avalanche It covered up my soul So this is a song that I have long loved. It's always been one of my favourite Leonard Cohen songs. I have always had the impression that it concerned themes around the obsession one person might have with someone else or some form of existence, but I hadn't really reflected on the religious aspect of those themes in this song. And Martina, we are going to explore this in this episode. Yeah, I'll jump to the music yeah. uh, rather than the lyrics uh, just for a moment because it starts with that guitar, that classic guitar in, I wouldn't say an aggressive way, but I felt anger in that music <laughs> when I first heard it and I was like, oh, this is someone who's furious, fuming. And I, I, and at the same time, I felt like this, I think this image was imposed to me by, by the title of the song, uh, Avalanche, and potentially also my, my own history of, of not dealing well with Canadian winters. But <laughs> certainly I felt the avalanche in that music, in that the intro guitar solo. Right. And so like a very tumultuous avalanche, like snowstorm kind of thing, potentially very angry, which then when you read the lyrics, I felt like this all came together with quite strong, violent emotions. And I googled covers of that song because we mentioned it briefly last time with Hysteria. Uh, And Nick Cave has a beautiful version of it. Uh, And instead of the classic guitar, it's just this really slow, beautiful piano and violins. And then it brings a completely different set of emotions. It's completely different, even though the singing is quite similar to that of Leonard Cohen. The music changed the tone completely. I stepped into an avalanche It covered up my soul Yeah, that cover actually, the difference in the instrumentation reminds me of uh, Nine Inch Nails, Her, when Johnny Cash covered it. And the vocal is not entirely different between the two, but the the music is wildly different. So yeah, the music is so brooding in this song. Oh my God, even without the lyrics, much like last episode, you can sense something somewhat related to the theme just from what is being suggested by that classical guitar line. I would say, though, I, I did find that there was a clash a little bit between that. Between that the cla- music and the between lyrics. Between the classical guitar and not just the lyrics, but Leonard Cohen's tone. With the music, I found it to be relentless. Mm. So somewhat like an avalanche in that regard. And then I was thinking about the religious 
theme that might be related to the song. I was thinking about that notion of the fall. So human is the fall of what we would would have been ideally once Adam and Eve eat the apple, etc. Then the fall of man, as they say, is is that descent. And the avalanche is literally a very violent, overwhelming descent. And I think in one of the first lyrics of the song, he says, I stepped into an avalanche, it covered up my soul. So the music seemed to match that sense of a fall, like it was just relentless. Yes. And it wasn't necessarily going anywhere, but it was rumbling away underneath. Yeah. It is very much not quite a conversation, but God almost warning humans, right, that they can try and do many things, but A, he sees right through them. And the, I, I remember the one verse was saying, don't wear these rags. I know you're not that poor. Um, yeah, and, and then something like, don't love me quite so fiercely now when you know you're not so sure. Exactly. And I think this can elicit quite a lot of self-doubt for people reading these lyrics. And if you're already in a situation of self-doubt, if you're wondering, and it doesn't, again, it doesn't have necessarily to do with religion, but just in general, there's a lot of self-consciousness and self-awareness. And most people are constantly wondering how they are perceived and, and whether what they try to project is perceived the right way. And so I think in that moment, God as the subject or Jesus as the subject in the song for Leonard Cohen isn't just saying, don't do these things or you'll be bad. But God or Jesus or Leonard Cohen is also saying, don't do these things. They're terrible for you. You'll only brutalize yourself mentally and emotionally if you do pretend that you love more fiercely than you do, whatever that might mean, or if you do dress yourself up in a way that you are not. Do not dress in those rags for me. I know you are not poor And don't love me quite so fiercely now When you know that you are not sure I really like the lyric, and I always really have liked the lyric, actually, where he says, from God's perspective, but also possibly from someone with whom you're in a relationship, your pain is no credential here. It's just a shadow of my wound, which is such a brutal, a brutal thing to say. And so I'm trying to think of that from a mental health perspective, from the idea of religious relationship and personal relationship. A religious relationship, it suggests that anything that you feel if you're discontent, it's not novel to an overseeing creator. And indeed, it's a, it's a fragment. We are a fragment and, and that pain is a fragment of them. I guess that, that's maybe part of the therapeutic aspect of religion is that your pain is so predictable and God is a way through it. Your pain is no credential here. It's just the shadow, shadow of my wound. See, I interpreted it differently where I felt like it was just God saying, I have created the world as it is. It's very classical in a philosophical sense to say it's very stoic, actually, to say the world has been created this way. Your pain is no surprise. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and more to the point, it's not a credential to show how pious you are. 
or not. Well, that's it. It's somewhat like what you were talking about with the line regarding don't dress in those rags to pretend that you're humble. Yes. And poor. Yes, yes, yes. There's something more to it than that. Yeah. And again, this is Leonard Cohen talking, uh, passing as God, really. That's his own interpretation. So let's keep that in mind. <laughs> passing as God? You mean he is not? He's and not the messenger? He's not. Uh, well, who knows? Who knows? We don't know. Uh, I'm sure some might argue that he is. And isn't this, and, and I, we've spoken about this passage, this idea of your pain has no credential here. It's just a shadow of my wound. We've spoken about all of the religious aspect of it, but it has such a relationship to personal relationships. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of people, I, 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 I suppose, may feel validated by this self-inflicted mm, yeah, yeah. pain uh, and, and suffering. Um, and also I'd like to point out that whatever pain or suffering you're feeling, it is justified. You know, whatever you're going through, that pain that you're, you're feeling, that suffering, that distress, whatever it is, it is justified and it is real. We're just talking about a song here. The most overt or obvious discussion around mental health is found in that second last verse where he sings, I've begun to long for you, I who have no greed, I've begun to ask for you, I who have no need. That sounds pretty mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly does, yes. And it looks like by by the end there's a shift in that power imbalance because mm. whichever interpretation you make of that song, there's an, a power imbalance. I have begun to long for you. I who have no greed. I have begun to ask for you. Yes, so that's part of it, I think. And then and then there's maybe the other part is the converted. They've begun to long for something, but they're not longing in a way that they're out of control. So they're longing without... They don't have hysteria. They don't have hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> they're longing for it. They don't have greed. They're asking, but they don't have any need, apparently. So either it's a person longing for and asking for God in a state without being overcome by desire, I guess, or it's someone who's asking for or longing for another person. But again, in this state where they're not necessarily consumed by the greed or the need, it's almost like this split person, which doesn't sound very content, mm. particularly when the lyrics follow up and they say, um, you say you've gone away from me, but I can feel you when you breathe. Say you've gone away from me, but I can feel you when you breathe. So you think that last verse again is about himself rather than again God talking to or you know Oh no, I think it's both. I, I definitely think there's both interpretations. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're right in the other way. It could be God as present on earth and looking at the others in the same flesh as them, but perhaps they're not believing. Yeah. And so there's still that sense of sensory 
recognition. You mm-hmm. can feel them when they breathe, but there's some kind of distance that's emerged. See, I saw that omnipresence, obviously, of God, uh, but also the the fact that God sees and knows all. So you can not be a believer. You can have stopped believing for whatever reason, but I'm, I, I still see you. I still hear you. Mm. I still feel you. And, That's and better. <laughs> you not believing in me does not negate my actual existence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's funny all this discussion around God because for so many years this this part of the song to me has just felt like a very intense broken expression from someone who is completely in love with someone and is speaking to them without them hearing, is is longing for them without them knowing they're longing for them without expressing that greed, without expressing that need. And the fact that the next verse is the one where it seems like the call and then the response from the next verse, which says, don't dress in those rags for me. I know you're not poor, etc." So it seems like in that verse about not longing and not needing, there is a lie. The person does long mm-hmm. and they do need. And then the, the object of the desire responds and says, don't dress yourself up in a way that you're not, don't, express love in these ways because I I can see what you're doing. Mm, And I've always thought that was a very tortured kind of verse, particularly like the idea that the person's gone away from them, but the subject of the song claims they can still feel them when they breathe. I mean, at that point, I'm I'm really wanting to stick to the religious uh, interpretation because if we're talking about a relationship, this is very controlling, very... Trying to get away from me, but I I know I will find you. Uh, I will track you down. You must learn, learn to serve me well. One thing with this song regarding, regarding mental health directly is that I've listened to this song in really good times in my life and really bad times in my life. And it's always had the same personality. So if I was... I don't know, upset or depressed about something. I've listened to Leonard Cohen, Songs of Love and Hate. I will wallow in it and it serves that real purpose. I definitely look at it in really conventional ways regarding ideas around loss. But there have been great times when I've listened to this song as well. I think one of the first times we hung out when we went to the gaslight. and Rest in peace. Rest in peace. And it was like a Sunday night and we were listening to heaps of Leonard Cohen songs that night, including this, I'm pretty sure. And it still suits that environment. And it's mental health relationship there is one of complete and utter joy. And also one of stillness in a way. I remember making that bar scene very, very calm on a Sunday night. And I think that maybe is its relationship either way. When I said it has the same personality either way, it's Leonard Cohen is calming which seems to be a very predictable thing to say because the music is so, it's not loud with ferocious drums. But even though the lyrics are so intense, there's something quite calming about it. Maybe yeah. psychotically calming. <laughs> I think it's all in the voice and the tone. Yeah. I mean, he sings, obviously, but he's a poet. And yeah. it's a very fine line between him just reciting the poetry and him singing it. And I think that, for me at least, that is the calming aspect of it. Regardless of what he's saying, it's always the same calm, controlled tone. And there's no 
ups and down. He doesn't sing faster or slower at any moment. It's the same. Yeah. And that, yeah, that gives, and I like what you said, that stillness. Uh, even, and I had an image of a sense of stillness, even when in the middle of a snowstorm, however violent yeah. it is, there's something bizarre, bizarrely calming and uh, uh, soothing about a snowstorm, even when you're in the middle of it. Um, even when you're wondering, am I going to lose a toe or an ear because of frostbite? The cripple here that you clothe and feed is neither starved nor cold. And something that I don't ever hear asked about Leonard Cohen is I listen to his music and it's so intense, lyrically intense. This song is so lyrically damaging in a way, but I look at him deliver them and what you've just said, he, you know, and we've both said he does it with a calmness, etc. And I look at all of these intense experiences he's describing quite poetically. And I just wonder how or whether he experiences them and what state he is in, because he always presents as such an assured person, which is not the popular way of presenting him, because everyone loves talking about his lyric about the crack in the darkness is how the light gets in and all that stuff. And of course, he's a vulnerable character. And we watched the doco recently and he isn't someone who's emotionally and mentally stable all the time. But when he sings and when he records, maybe is is a better way to think about this. The calmness of the presentation of a song. It's almost like he's narrating someone else's life. I can't, I sometimes can't imagine him ever going through this. He's so, he's almost like an objective third eye presenting an incredibly poetic, incredibly philosophical take on life. Yeah, that's very interesting. And you're right. He he seems to be so in control uh, that you can't imagine it not being the case in his life mm. as well. If only because he's an artist, this is impossible. Artists are, are <laughs> generally quite passionate and tortured people with very high highs and very low lows. And also we saw the doco. So, so when you go to a retreat for six years, you got to be in some kind of dark place. And interestingly, most of his music, although not quite as in control as his voice, most of his music is also quite low key. And in the doco, they they were talking about the album Death of a Ladies Man, uh, produced by some big shot producer back in the day who added all kinds of instruments and all kinds of very unusual music for Leonard Cohen. And it was apparently a big flop. And really it's because it's all in the lyrics, it's all in the words, it's all in, in how he delivers it. The emotion is there. You don't, the music is an accessory that needs to be in the background because the the emotions and the power are both in the lyrics, but also in that voice in how he delivers it. Maybe that's the power of it. The emotions are there, but because they're not screamed and, and he's not wailing, it's covert. And that's yeah. there's something quite different about that. And even though it presents us calm, there's something about us which detects the signs of vulnerability, fragility, etc. And so... He is, in some way, we suspect, normal like us. It's your flesh that I wear. He is wearing the same flesh as us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I think of all the millions of covers of Hallelujah, which feel the need to explode, Uh, you know, vocally Uh, for the Hallelujahs to convey that emotion. And Leonard did not need that. And it's 
just as powerful, if not more. It is your turn, beloved. It is your flesh that I weigh.